Let's bring Martin into the mix. Ladies and gentlemen, Martin Gamber. How you doing, brother? I'm I'm good. Good. How you guys doing? What's up, Jeff? What's up? What's, What's up? up? How you feeling, man? I am doing good. It's good to see you. Made it, man. I'm so used to just going Facebook Live and then joining the broadcast. I'm like, wait a minute. There's probably another procedure for this. Let me check that text stream again. So, my bad. It's all, you're like, I'm here. We're like, not really. <laughs> <laughs> 20 minutes later i have the ipad that keeps going to sleep on me and then i have to i have to put in my password and then of course there's this is not a paid ad a paid uh software so now it's got this ad rotating so i've got to wait for the ad to get done yeah so anyways how you doing mr kember how are you sir man, i am good man staying busy man staying out of trouble and trying to make some money man oh well that's good that's i mean you can't <laughs> You can't ask for more than that. That's for sure. Man, I, it's it's really good to see you. And um, I, I just, you know, I, I'm glad that you were on. You happened to be online the other day, uh, the other time. Who was on? I think it was Greg Boyer that was on. And, Greg Boyer, yeah. And then I caught um, the uh, interview with Eric um, a little bit after the fact, um, after the broadcast last week. That was really, really uh, entertaining and informative also. Well, it was also cut short because, um, as many people know, Eric's going to be on for a part two. We've already kind of been in discussions about this. So he's going to be on for a part two of this because he is a massive baseball fan, like a hardcore baseball fan, like big time. Big time, hardcore. So he is a huge Dodgers fan. And right now his Dodgers are playing my Atlanta Braves, which so I, I've kind of had been sending emails back and forth, the whole apology uh it's a must win for the Dodgers. It's a must win. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, they, they could lose one more time, but then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't be a good look, though. This would reenact what happened last year for the same exact no. thing. Uh, I'm just saying it could. That's, you know, that's an Atlanta thing. You just have to understand. Uh, where we, like, get, like, way ahead, and then we go, oh, we're just kidding. Here you go. <laughs> I can't imagine that happening again, a whole repeat of that. Well, I'm torn though because um, I'm here in Atlanta, but I'm from Boston, so I'm watching about to have two of my teams go. So, you know, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's, it is what it it's is. It's a big but, night. It's a big night in sports. Opening night in the NBA too. Is it really? Is it already that time? Opening night in the NBA. Yeah. Oh my. Our, uh, Los Angeles Lakers play Alfonso Starr's uh, Golden State Warriors tonight, opening up for uh, That's a pretty big game. as we chase our 18th ring. <clears throat> yeah, I said 18. <laughs> All right. We're, we're still looking to even get close to the ring. We just want to get close enough to smell it. Uh, <laughs> oh, Hawks. Uh, anyways, we're not going to talk about sports. We're going to talk about Martin Camber. Thank you so so much for joining us today. But I want I don't want to waste too much time, and because we got so much to talk about, but I, I definitely want to make sure that uh, we kind of give people a little bit of background about you too. Um, you're a singer extraordinaire. You you were with the uh, AZ1, uh, Color Me Bad. You also did some production for Tupac. We're going to talk about that right out of the gate. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, We're not going to do that. That's that. <laughs> we we have to know what that's all about for sure. But you know, so you well, were born in nothing, London. Nothing's England. off the table. Nothing okay, is well, off the good table. To know. <laughs> uh, so you were born in London, England. You now live in Chicago. Oh, yes. um, for those not familiar with your background, kind of fill us in on your humble beginnings. I guess starting in London. Like, how did you get from London to here? What was that whole process? What was going on there? Well, um, my mother um, was a singer. Also, she was an opera singer. And uh, she had the opportunity to come from London to sing at Carnegie Hall. And so the family came to see her performance. Um, and uh, as the story goes, we kind of fell in love with this country. Um, my father, who was an uh, electrical engineer, um, realized he could make a lot more here at the time using his uh, skills. And uh, he got a job out over here, job offer over here. And we first started out in, in New York. Um, we lived uh, in uh, just actually in Connecticut, but my dad used to uh, 
um, commute into into New York. And man, I've lived. I, he got transferred so much. I've literally lived in so many different states. Um, you know, including Indiana, Kentucky, uh, Michigan for a good long time, um, DC, which I'm going back to uh, in, in November, which we'll talk about later. Um, and uh, I, I did uh, live in uh, in Chicago for for nine years also. Um, but uh, you know, LA, I I got here uh, in junior high school, and um, one of the reasons my dad accepted a position here is because he knew that how focused I was on music so shout out to dad man for um trying right. to uh put me in a place where i could um continue to chase my dreams as, as my mom had and um yeah so um she was the one who really you know um fostered my um musical uh aspirations um taught me to sing taught me breath control and and uh, she was a soprano so you know, needless to say, I think my strength is my falsetto. So thank you, mom. <laughs> but um, and uh, yeah, so I started out um, literally, literally as a kid doing impersonations of uh, of certain popular artists at the time, and you know, got certain jobs, wedding gigs, and uh, and and cruise ship gigs and stuff like that as a kid. But uh, but you know, my my um, yeah, aspirations. But you were on a cruise was, ship as a kid. Well, how old were you? Yes. Were you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How old were yeah. you on cruise ships? Probably nine or ten. What? <laughs> yeah, I used to do acts with my with my sisters. We used to do impersonations. Yeah, it was really okay. really oh. a lot of fun. Very cool. Okay, so go ahead. I was just born with music in my blood, and um, but uh, you know, I fell in love with R and B and soul music. We lost your audio, Martin. Um. Yeah, so uh, I, I fell in love with R&B music and disco as, as a kid and funk and R&B. And, uh, you know, once, once Prince came along, it just took everything to the next level for me. I would say, you know, single-handedly, he's clearly the biggest musical inspiration, you know, in in my life. Um, and uh, and um, I, I just think, you know, in, in coming up in my generation, we've been so blessed to have some of the greats like Michael Jackson and, and, and Prince and, you know, and, and not, and not everybody gets that, you know what I mean? And um, so I, I'm just a music fan first. I was a kid that grew up listening to radio and, and just, I, I didn't learn music from a musical standpoint as far as, you know, like, uh, you know, learning, I learned everything by ear. Um, and, uh, and uh, I've just always, uh, you know, heard something and, and tried to figure out how to recreate it. And that's been kind of like my approach to uh, to my creative process. Yeah. So then, you know, we kind of fast forward. I'm really intrigued by the whole cruise ship thing at nine or ten <laughs> uh, because I've been on a cruise. I've been on a few cruise ships and I see some of the performers there. And I, I've always thought to myself, you know what? <laughs> It might actually be really, really cool to have a cruise ship life, you know, to actually be able to go wherever you wanted to go. You stay on the ship, you you go out and, you know, perform, you know, uh, once a night or maybe every other night, depending on how the cruise is set up. And then, you know, you get all your meals free, you get blah, 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 blah. I, I just... But you were only nine or ten, so I right. So it, a for us, it was pretty much in and out, one gig, and then back home, back to school, kind of thing. So, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't quite get the full experience of that as a, as a kid, anyway. Yeah, that's a shame. I would say then, did you even understand the the level of what you were doing versus what adults do? You know what I mean? Being so young, doing that. I think I did. Yeah, because I mean it was one of the first opportunities that I got to play with a band, you know, with a backing band. And, yeah, yeah. and we were doing, like I said, impersonations, my sisters would sing with me and we would do three part harmony and do the Bee Gees. And, you know, we would do, or I would do reasons, earth, wind and fire. And, you know, oh, and, um, yeah. you know, here's this little white boy <laughs> just going at it. You know? <laughs> All right, now, were you doing the Philip Bailey line of, of reasons? Or what, what, Absolutely. What the live doing? version, the live version. Yes, oh, sir. God, that's <laughs> nice. 
Well, at nine or ten, your voice hasn't broken yet, so you might. Yeah, they haven't dropped yet. Exactly. Like Michael got a lot of credit for hitting all these high notes, but he was a kid, you know. Exactly. It's a little easier back then. The 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 key is trying to keep it once your voice does change. Uh, (laughs) I am literally listening to reasons in my head right now, and I'm just (laughs) wincing as a vocalist. It's like, oh my god. Uh, But then in high school, you guys put together uh, a group called AZ One. And that's how it was how it's pronounced, right? It was as, it's actually as one, yeah. As one, yeah. And, and you know, the concept of as one was it was the, it was started by me, um, one of my best friends, Sean Harris, who was from New York. I was from everywhere, including London, right? And uh, my other uh, best friend, Jeff Gill, who was from um, Los Angeles. So we started the group. Um, not after now. When I was fifteen, I'll just rewind a little bit. When I was fifteen, I was working at a club. Uh, as a DJ that I wasn't even old enough to get into, but it was a 16 and up club. Um, and so again, you know, there I would, you know, kind of build my, um, you know, my my followers as they were back then. <laughs> I'm singing live in the club, I DJ. And then when it came down, you know, back then, we used to play the ballads and break it down so everybody could get a little slow dance on, right? So, right. you know, so then I'd, I'd grab the mic and sing and, uh, you know, <laughs> so not not long after that, you know, after my DJ uh, years, um, I got serious about creating music again. And uh, as one was formed with with uh, with Sean and Jeff, um, and uh, we created a demo. Um, and uh, we we actually the first deal that we got was with a company called Indigo Records. Now that's a story behind this because Indigo Records was uh, led by a gentleman named Mr. Klein who eventually partnered with another gentleman by the name of Suge Knight, who is very well known. That label eventually kind of morphed into Death Row. Um, But I was with them prior to that stay. But during um, that that time with with that label, um, um, Suge brought in uh, another gentleman who was uh, very close with the NWA camp. Um, and had done a lot of uh, writing and producing for N.W.A. and Michelle um, L. A. Dre, who wrote something in my heart um, and uh, Nice Tea and a lot of stuff with Dr. Dre. So he came in to help produce because we were kind of raw. You know, we had a lot of raw talent. But so they brought L. A. Dre in to help produce our um, our project. And uh, you know, before too long, you know, we hit it off so well with L. A. Dre, and we needed a stronger keyboard player. He was like, Hey, man, you know. Would you guys be interested in me joining the group? We were like, yeah, <laughs> for sure. So not long after that, um, we finished a demo um, and we uh, we had uh, two labels, Scotty Brothers, right? And Atlantic that were showing the most interest at the time. Um, I was excited because James Brown was on Scotty Brothers at the time. I'm, I'm like, I could be label mates with James Brown. So we took the Scotty Brothers deal. <laughs> And uh, we had a, a a great time, and and um, we released a single called "Trust in Me." Yeah, and hold um, on a second, hold on a second. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> for, for, for those that don't remember, we want to make sure that you, if you guys happen to take a little bit of a blast from the past here, this is uh, <laughs> this is "Trust in Me," the the video that I happened to find on online, and that was actually uh, and and I want to. This is actually really funny because. Those who don't remember, trust in me. But hold on a second. Yeah, and the other thing too, I I, I want to get the picture of the band because we're we'll see we can see the, the young Martin Kemper here. Hold on, we're gonna, <laughs> look, <laughs> look at him! Look at him, <laughs> baby! <laughs> oh my gosh! So yeah, so trust in me breaks, and you guys are like, yeah, you guys are killing it. You guys are killing it. And uh, you also had what was the other song was uh, wish was it wish you or with you yeah with you, with yeah. you was the, the follow up single to that and uh, man one of the highlights of that time I've got very uh, a few standout times about my time with As One the 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 highlight being our performance and interview um, on Soul Train with Don Cornelius now. You know, keep in mind, not many people know this, but I was actually a soul trained dancer prior to being in As One. What? So I went through the, the process of being a dancer and then coming back a number of years later and performing 
on Soul Train and being interviewed by the iconic uh, um, Don Cornelius with with some of my best friends, man. So it was some of the highlights of of uh, of my life, you know, just being on tour. And then you know we were a new band at the time, so I remember another standout moment during that time was you know we were in Richmond, Virginia. We I'd never been to Richmond, Virginia before, but we were in a club, and uh, you know it was. Um, you know they were they were a little rowdy that night, right? And so um, they had the radio just started playing our song um, out there, so nobody knew really who we were. But uh, so we we took the stage in this club. It was packed, um, and um, you know people are like you know just giving us a rough time, like who who the hell are you? You know, um, and um, as as our music started to play. This one guy was bold enough and he threw a bottle up on the stage, like just being, you know, being aggressive. But my best friend, Sean, he like caught the bottle and then really wow. slowly walked over and put it on the speaker, right? And everybody's like, ooh. So, you know, <laughs> they gave us a hard time. But once we started singing and getting everybody rocking with that new Jack thing, man, they were screaming, go white boy, go white boy, go. <laughs> Right. <laughs> That's always great. But Sean, Sean saved us that night, man, with the <laughs> Oh, man. That's awesome. Got like reflexes. So, so where are all these other guys that used to be in As One? Where, where, where are they at right now? Everybody's here in LA. Unfortunately, we lost LA Dre about three years ago. Um, he, he passed from a stroke, um, complications from that stroke. Um, so God rest his soul, man. But um, L.A. Dre was the one uh, with the, the the remix of With You who um, made the connection. So we had Easy e rap on the remix of that because everybody was doing remixes back then, doing like the Jodeci Come and Talk to Me remix. So we're like, we want something hard like that, even though it's a ballad. So Easy came and laced it up, and uh, you know, and that that um, th that that version. Um, you know, the label decided not to release at the time. So we we ended up uh, kind of putting it out and leaking it <laughs> ourselves, you know, sometime <laughs> after. But, you know, shout out to Easy e man. God rest his soul also. But great, yeah, great guy, man. Definitely. definitely. You, you guys did a lot of writing. You know, I mean, you, you specifically did a lot of writing and production. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you've written for what people Bryson was count yeah, on me. People Bryson, yeah. Um, back at that time, me and Jeff did the remix of Shante Moore's uh, Old School Loving. Give me that old school loving. <laughs> that was a joint. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, uh, Ken Kenny Lattimore, um, I also Wayne Grady. Uh, did quite a lot of uh, stuff for the Australian Idol. Like the first winner of Australian Idol was this fantastic singer. Um, named Guy Sebastian. So um, he recorded a, a few of uh, my songs also. And, uh, you know, he had platinum success with with his, with his albums. Um, so I was always, you know, either writing for myself or trying to develop acts or, you know, writing for other groups and, and just really, just really just in, you know, always involved in creating music, remixing music, you know, in, in, in one way or another. Yeah. No. What about the this one you did that was an Asian release, that was uh, all all for one that you put out. You did two songs like "I Prayed for You," I think, and "Get It Right." Wow, you know about those, huh? Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> you can't hide wow. everything. Man. Yeah. Well, what's well, the story? I, I Why? Great, I, I was great friends with with Jamie Jones from All for One and Delis and all the guys, man. And uh, there were a couple times when one of the guys, you know, here and there wasn't able to travel and I'd go jump in with All For One in, in Singapore or something like that and just be the, be the fourth voice that night, you know, if one of the guys for whatever reason couldn't travel. We were just great friends like that and, and Jamie was a production partner of mine, you know, for a good long time too. We wrote a lot of music together um, for, for All For One in, in um, you know, in their um, 2000, in the, in the early 2000s, mid 2000s. Um, with some of the music that they put out. And and uh, Jamie's got some wonderful, um, he, he had a wonderful gospel album that he did mid-2000s also that uh, was just, uh, I had uh, two, two or three, you know, four songs on that, if I recall, that uh, was just uh, I, I, just a fantastic kind of neo-soul gospel album. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, you see, <laughs> it's all, that's all the secret stuff. So <laughs> we mentioned it, Chris mentioned it, we, you mentioned it. We said we're going to have to get back to it. So 
this remix with Tupac. Yeah, we we got another Tupac story. That that, that we got, we have to figure this out. <laughs> well, me, me and Sean and Jeff first, I think, met Tupac um up at the label way back in those days. Um, when I was with you know Indigo and Tom Klein and and the, and the Suge Knight album, we met Tupac back then. Um, now um, when he passed, you know, in a way similar to Prince in in some way. He had a lot of things that he had recorded that he, you know, had, had never been released. So, you know, we won't call it a vault, but he definitely had a lot of music that had not been released. So um, my good friend uh, Delane Roberts and Kevin Black at uh, at Interscope, um, I was uh, production partners with, with Jamie Jones from All For One at the time. Now go figure, here's Jamie Jones doing a, a gospel album, but we're you know, producing Tupac remixes together also. So, you know, there's a, a wide variety of uh, of um, creative differences there, right? <laughs> so to speak. But uh, yeah, so that came about at, right after Tupac died on, on the, um, well, not long after Tupac passed away, uh, the Until the End of Time album. Um, they gave um, uh, me and Jamie um, the, uh, just the acapella dat tapes of Let Him Have It um, and Thuggin' You, Thuggin' Me. Um, Let Him Have It feature Left Eye, God rest her soul. Um, yeah, right. And uh, Thuggin' You, Thuggin' Me featured Casey and JoJo. So I'd never heard the original tracks. Nobody had ever heard, to my knowledge, the original tracks. So we just built a musical track around um, that, uh, that audio uh, of his voice rapping. And, um, you know, it ended up... Uh, being on um, the um, Until the End of Time album um, and ended up selling over 6 million copies worldwide, you know? So one of the most successful projects I've, uh, I've been a part of, but uh, I never, you know, unfortunately never got to be in the studio with Pac, um, which I would have loved to have done. That would have been an experience oh, and another yeah. story all to itself, I, I can guarantee. Um, but uh, yeah, man, um, it, it was just a, a uh, a blessing and, a, and an honor to to uh, be able to be involved in in um, his legacy in some way or another. Wow! Yeah, that's just incredible. And sorry if I seem distracted for a second, but sure. <laughs> for the first time ever in the history of me doing this show for years, my wife decided to send a bunch of stuff to the printer behind me. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm sitting here trying to listen to the story and I hear, man, I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> Never, ever, ever happened. She's, she's taking notes on the show. That's I what it is. Like, I don't like what's being said right now. <laughs> um, but I'm glad that you never actually got to, you know, cross paths with Shug. So you, you, so you're basically saying you've never, ever been hung over the side of a, <laughs> of a hotel by your ankles or anything <laughs> i have not <laughs> but you seem but like you have a story to tell <laughs> i have witnessed i have witnessed a lot of things um well know, please share <laughs> when, 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 when i was when we were signed to that label i was also a single dad at the time um, and so, you know, I wasn't in the position where some of the other guys were, where, you know, I, I had another mouth to feed and a responsibility. So Tom Klein also had an insurance company. So while we're recording our, our um, record, our, our demo, our, our music, I'm also working at his insurance company during the day, which was also a house or a home to the record label, the same, you know, corporate offices of, in Wilshire and on, on Wilshire in, uh, in Beverly Hills. And so, yeah, you know, I, there was, um, there, um, there were, there was a lot of things that, that I, uh, I was able to uh, unfortunately witness that were very scary. Um, and you know, it wasn't too long before I realized like, this probably isn't the best place for me to be. I might be in a little over my head. Um, and, you know, respectfully, you know, um, I'll, I'll keep that where that is, but, um, uh, me and Jeff and, and Sean, um, um, took Suge and, uh, uh, Mr. Klein to, uh, 
Roscoe's one day and respectfully asked out of our contract and and they granted it. Um, so much respect, man. You know, I'll I'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. and uh, yeah, uh, that was that was that was some things. You know, in some days that uh, were uh, you know s- some tough pills to swallow of, of things that you would you would witness going on uh, in those days. Because I mean, you know, I'm just one of those guys. I've only ever done this for the love of of music and the creative process and the performance and you know, of what, what we're trying to create, um, you know, and when it gets to things that are above and beyond and, and so extra, you know what I mean? You got to sometimes, um, you know, look around and, 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 uh, and recognize that and know where, where you're probably better off, you know? Right. Right. And, and maybe I, I miss it, but did, did Dupac ever really comment on your work on the remix? It, it was after he passed, unfortunately, no. Um, I know that uh, it got the approval of his mom and uh, Molly, who was very close to him at Interscope. Um, you know, she was kind of like one of his liaisons at the label. Um, but, uh, you know, they chose them to be on the album and they chose them to be singles, you know. So that that meant something um, that that meant that meant a lot to me that I, I would think that, you know, as brilliant as Pac was, you know, um, that uh, the people closest to him would would uh, appreciate our creations or our, our the additions to his creations, I'll put it that way, that um, um, nice. were, uh, were, were ex- accepted and respected. Now, Please. you have a gold record too, right? I Correct. do, yeah. Well, I got the, the, the platinum with Tupac. Um, my first gold record was actually with a Christian boy band um called plus one who um recorded one of my songs uh on uh, I, I not long after as one several years after i signed a solo deal with warner brothers um and did an album one shade of love um which was kind of a, a very kind of romantic ballad heavy album that's what what the label wanted they wanted like a baby face-esque you know but maybe a little bit more pop type of uh, approach to uh, r&b pop and, um, you know, I, I produced that album, wrote that album with a great friend of mine um, that I still work with every now and then, Reed Vertelny, who'd done a lot of work with uh, um, Luther Vandross. Um, and so we uh, we created, we took a year and a half creating that record, uh, you know, all analog, 48 track analog, real music, real instruments, real musicians, you know. And unfortunately, um, they kind of, um, th- there was a big, uh, political turmoil at the label at the time. And they kind of dribbled it out without any promotion because I had a guaranteed uh, release clause in my contract. Political um, turmoil at a at a record label. I don't know. Yeah, who, who, who would have thought? Right. <laughs> so, you know, I ended up on the wrong side of the power struggle, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, but the, the but that record still, you know, they released it and it still kind of built its its kind of cult following, um, you know, European uh, and American, uh, you know, um, uh, kind of a cult following um, of people who who found it for themselves. And, uh, you know, it still opened up a lot of doors for me. Um, and then I was also able to shop some of those songs. Um, one of them was covered by Kenny Lattimore. One of them was covered by uh, by uh, that group Plus One, which ended up being my first gold. So, you know, everybody's got uh, battle uh, stories and war stories and scars in this business, but it's a, it's a roller coaster. So, you, you, you know, you're constantly trying to figure out how to ride that roller coaster and, uh, you know, stay creative and not let it, uh, not let those ups and downs, you know, uh, affect um, your, uh, your creative process. Yeah, Vicky says, Martin, you need to write a book. <laughs> I've thought about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet you probably have some stories for sure. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you know, so let's talk about uh, Color Me Bad for a moment. You know, Color Me Bad you know, is a band that started in 1985 out of Oklahoma, out of Oklahoma, of all places. I, yes. I, I don't think I can ever, I feel like I can name any bands that started in Oklahoma. Is I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, they started out of Oklahoma. It may be, what were you going to say? Does somebody know some, a band that came out of Oklahoma? 
No, I was going to agree. I didn't know either. <laughs> I can't think of any bands that came out of Oklahoma. Uh, I'm, probably I'm sure wrong. there's some country bands, but not gonna, really yeah. R&B yeah. and pop that I know I'm of. sure somebody's going to litter the, the thing. Of, oh, well, so-and-so came out of Oklahoma. And so I, Everybody. I, I'm about to be bashed. I got it. I'm about to be flamed for that. I got it. Uh, but they obviously became renowned for their hit, They Want to Sex You Up which uh everybody obviously knew for some reason I, do i not have a, a a clip of that song i, I don't i think i want to i want to make sure that i don't play something that's going to get us kicked off of youtube or facebook <laughs> uh, but anyways it's like i adore me more and all for love yeah you got yeah you got thinking back also uh, slow motion right you know those guys um which I will say when I was digging and playing and and because I've I've listened to those songs back then, but I didn't ever notice that there was a remix with Bootsy Collins of Slow Motion, and I was like, dude, <laughs> pretty awesome. As I understand, that was that connection was made by uh, their guitar player Ace, who was from that area in Ohio where Bootsy's from, and. Uh, and as, as the story goes, they made the connection there. But yeah, I, I joined um, Color Me Bad in, uh, let me see if I remember correctly, it was probably the end of 2012 um, mm -hmm. through 2014. So it was kind of after their heyday. Um, but they had broken up for a while. Um, and they had broken up largely because of, you know, inner turmoil between the uh, the members of the group. But Again, you know, 90s R&B was still in demand, still making, you know, a good uh, comeback and, and, and a resurgence in, in popularity, especially in, in the live music um, uh, arenas. And so um, they had made an attempt to uh, reunite um, and they were actually doing some uh, dates, some tour dates with, again, my great friends uh, from All For One. And um, there had been, you know, a, a big problem um, on the road, you know, because there had been a lot of, uh, you know, well-documented um, substance abuse and alcohol issues with with various members um, of the group. Um, and so um, they had a, a tour to finish. Um, and one of the members, Brian, was unable to do it. And the other two... Um, uh, members of the group at that time, Kevin and Mark, you know, um, could not see going forward um, with Brian. So they asked Jamie, like, hey, do you, do you happen to know any white guys who were really soulful that could sing, that could pull off? And Jamie was like, well, as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> so he made the connection for me. I was living in Chicago at the time. Um, they had heard um, my album called Cycles, which I had released uh, independently in the US, but I had a distribution deal in Japan um, for, for that album. So they had heard um, that album, which was, uh, you know, another very kind of pop R&B um, album, just me writing, telling stories, you know? Um, and uh, they were impressed by that. Um, I got the call from them. They flew out to Chicago. And of course, you know, I was a fan of Color Me Bad. So I'd done my homework. I knew the material. And I'd also looked online and saw, you know, this particular acapella that they used to do. Um, and um, just kind of watched and learned, you know, Brian's parts from, from those videos. And when they got to Chicago, you know, um, we hit that acapella and I was ready. And, it and our voices just blended so well um, instantly. And um, they were like, we want you, you got the gig. I'm like, let's go, all right? So it was a great yeah. experience, man. I had a great time, you know, out on the road. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest, you know, half the time, not that I look like Brian, but, um, you know, there are probably some similarities and half the time, people didn't really know the difference, you know, when we were on stage in these big arenas in, you know, in New Jersey or New York or, you know, because um, there was a lot of those 90s throwback shows at the time. So we're doing, you know, these beautiful arenas with big jumbotrons, jumbotrons and, you know, just a, a great time, man. And I, I had a blast uh, doing it. Unfortunately, that came to an end um, 
going into 2015, um, Mark had decided that he wanted to reunite with Brian. Um, Kevin at the time was like, if Martin's out, I'm out. You know, I, I can't do the Brian thing. Um, and so Kevin quit. Um, and so it became at that point just uh, Mark and Brian um, out there doing their thing. And, you know, you can all YouTube and see how that uh, how that ended up. <laughs> but, um, you know, but shout out to Kevin Thornton, man. Shout out to Kevin KT Thornton, man. That's a that's a good dude, man. Talented dude. And, uh, you know, much respect to him. And it's yeah, funny you mentioned that, that people don't recognize you. Uh, not to interrupt, Jeff, because this kind of segues into what we were just talking about, because and Ann was saying Freak Juice, Tori Ruffin, who was with Morris Day in the time, is from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Ah. Uh, but and there's other ones, too. Apparently, the Gap Band is from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And <laughs> Cammie said Blake Shelton, Reba McIntyre, Toby Keith, the All-American Rejects, the Flaming Lips. I'll stop there. Uh, so all those bands are from Oklahoma. Touché. I did not know the Gap Band was from there. I did not did know, not that, know that. I would have thought Ohio or something is what I would have Right, right. The reason why I put Ann's back up there was because of the fact that it said, um, because Tori experienced the same exact thing, because nobody, you know, nobody really pays attention. And so sometimes when he's out there playing, they'll be in the middle of a show and he Matt the thing last time he was on the show he said people would yell at him they go Jesse what's going on Jesse right. All right. okay. and he just nods his head and kind of moves along but I, I think he probably get got the same exact thing that people you know calling yeah. you Brian and, and whatever else I, you just kind of go along or nod your head or well if people came up to me actually in person like at the in uh, the autograph sessions after then I, I'd set the record straight, right? Like, no, I'm actually Martin. I uh, replaced Brian, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, you know, but sometimes you don't want to bust their bubble. You just sign it Martin and they don't know what you signed anyway. You know? right. We were doing a lot of 40th and 50th birthday parties, right? You know, <laughs> you know, people showing up, you know, in these big groups of these beautiful ladies that are celebrating their 40th or their 50th. And, you know, you just want to be, uh, a, a positive um, part of that experience for them. Right, exactly. You know, I, I yeah. totally get that. <laughs> I uh, could imagine where it didn't happen when you did the um, the 2014, the BET Awards. I mean, that was every probably up. the highlight of that time. It was a yeah. difficult time, but yeah, what a fantastic opportunity that was, you know. Live TV, <laughs> live TV with a band, let's go, you know. Oh, and that that was actually a really difficult performance for me also, which, you know, I've, I've kind of talked about before is that I had, you know, recently lost my mom um, before that performance. Um, and uh, it suddenly hit me, you know, we're backstage. Let me just also say, my mother and I, on the way to school every day, she loved Lionel Richie. I have always loved Lionel Richie and the Commodores. So we would always play, you know, Three Times a Lady or Still or Sail On or Hello or <laughs> something in the car on the way to school. And of course, we're, we're at the BET Awards and they're doing a lifetime achievement recognition for Lionel Richie. And all of a sudden Lionel Richie's out there singing these songs and the lady, my mom, who is responsible for the fact that I'm even able to stand on that stage at the Nokia theater on live television on the BET awards. I'm like, where's my mom? <laughs> you know, I, she should be here. And, um, you know, so when I look back at the video of that, you know, my eyes are puffy and tight and tight. <laughs> it was it was a rough uh, I think you know after I hit the first note or two I was able to like settle into my into my into my groove a little bit you know but uh yeah it, it was it was a tough performance because I was just overcome with emotion not only at the opportunity but just the fact of you know going on after Lionel and realizing that I was in this moment without you know the, the without my mom you know yeah and you know, you got to end up playing like Getting emotional like thinking that. about it now, you know, <laughs> well, you got to end up playing something like that. You got to play um, you, when you're playing something like the 2014 um, scenario. It, there's got to be some backstage stories, too, because, you know, the amount of star power that is at an event like that 2014. So there's got to be some highlights from that show. 
that you guys share? Well, I, I will say that, you know, um, Mark and Brian were, um, they were on point, you know. Uh, excuse me. I, let me rephrase that. Mark and Kevin were on point. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, Nicki Minaj was a guest on the show that night. <laughs> really? Um, oh, I guess there was, yeah, she was around there, that time. It there was... Like there were some people backstage that uh, swore that they would uh, they were quitting the business uh, <laughs> after some of the shenanigans that were going on. I, I was I wasn't there to witness them, um, but I know she was extremely demanding of uh, of a lot of the people. So shout out to Nicki Minaj, man. She is a uh, a, a a diva. <laughs> she is a, a a diva for real, um, but uh, nonetheless extremely talented and. Uh, you know, really has made her mark on the industry. Yeah, I just, it's just amazing what, to, to be at those types of shows. I mean, I, every now and then I'll get to go to, you know, some type of, you know, type of show. And there's like so many different type of, types of people there from so many different walks of life and right. you know, actors and musicians. And you get to, you know, you just don't know who to see. You couldn't take enough selfies in enough quick period of time. <laughs> Here's the sad part of the only I won't say sad the negative one the uh, I won't even say downer okay the one awkward part about that show is that the '90s throwback section featured Color Me Bad, Silk, and um, uh, um, um, Troop, right? Yeah. And so, but we were all secrets, right? So the whole '90s throwback we were like surprise guest guest artists, so we didn't get to. Um, walk the red carpet. Um, we were kind of sequestered in a room backstage because they didn't want the rumor getting out. They wanted it to really be a live um, um, surprise during the show, you know, and Silk, I, I, no, um, Troop started out with, uh, all I do is think of you. Yes. Um, <laughs> they started out with that. And then we came out and did a little piece of sex you up and Silk came and closed it out with Freak Me. And man, it was just, uh, you know, just a, a, a fantastic time, man. So, you know, the, the after parties were uh, even more fun, <laughs> but, um, but, um, you know, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it, it was, uh, um, just a little disappointing that we didn't get to fully enjoy all of the publicity um, that could have come from it also. But, you know, I will say, you know, um, in, in all complete honesty that, you know, when, when I joined Color Me Bad, um, the offers that were coming in were, uh, were pretty low because, you know, they had a, they had a damaged um, reputation within the concert buying marketplace at the time. And by the time I left there, um, and after the BET Awards and the success that we'd had at all of the, the tour dates that we'd done together, you know, it had um, more than quintupled, <laughs> right? Um, and that's just probably being a little modest to even say that, but the, the offers that were coming in were fantastic. Um, but unfortunately, a little, greed, a little greed kicked in for, uh, for, for, for Mark and, um, you know, um, that, that are, one you, are you afraid? It. I mean, are you afraid that you're like kind of burning bridges? I mean, you're being, I mean, we appreciate the can, but this, <laughs> you're like real candid right now as far as that that's concerned right now. Um, well, I mean, you know, it kind of just uh is I, it, it, it's nothing that hasn't been said before, honestly. I mean, you know, well, I, um, I just, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's kind really of eloquent the way you're putting it. So. <laughs> I, I know, it it's, yeah, I mean, I, I love, I love candor because that's really, you know, important as far, you know, because a lot of times you try to get people to, you know, say what really happened and they're just like, <laughs> well, you know, things just didn't work out. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, so, you know, there's, well, there's reasons for that. <laughs> There's reasons yeah. when things don't work out, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I love, I love your, your, you being so candid. That's why I said nothing's off the table, man. Well, that's, that's so, you're not reaching any court orders. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, and I know that you know. Okay, so let let's kind of shift away from from calling me bad, um, because we're talking a little bit about the background. Prince stuff. Obviously, I know whenever I go to Alfonso Stars events, and I I've been to probably, I've probably been to like three or four of them. Uh, nine times out of ten, you're there. Uh, it, it, how did that relationship between you and Alfonso start? And we're we're gonna 
we're going to pump the the November show for sure. I mean, we want to make sure. sure people can come out. But I, I do want to hear about the relationship that, that started between you and Alfonso, and and also maybe to kind of feed into that. You know, you I, I see, I I am very very honored, and I I notice the sign of the times. I see the little the the guitar logo up there behind you. I see yep. originals behind you. I see a bunch of logos. So obviously, you are a hardcore Prince fan. Have you had the opportunity to, to actually meet him? Did you get I, I, I never got to meet Prince. I always had in the back of my mind that one day I I would, you know, I I would get to work with him. I I felt, you know, one day I'll, I'll get to work with him in in one day one way or another. But right. I, but I I never did. Um, but I got the second best thing, which was that dream phone call um, in 2019, um, where um, I was uh, uh, offered the opportunity to um, do some dates with the new power generation as a, as a guest vocalist. Um, and that was really, you know, just like a real dream come true um, payoff moment for me from all the bumps and bruises that I'd been through, you know, in this business, which we all go through bumps and bruises, you know, Um, but, uh, that was like that payoff moment for me because, you know, I've always been just a fantastically huge Prince fan since I heard, um, in 1979, when I heard, I want to be your lover moving, (laughs) driving in the family station wagon from, from Michigan to Los Angeles. I heard it somewhere in the Midwest. It came on the radio and it's the first thing I did when we got to, LA and, and got settled into uh, our hotel. Um, you know, uh, the first thing I did was went to the Glendale Galleria and bought that album. And I also bought um, the uh, George Clinton uh, Funkadelic, Not Just Knee Deep <laughs> album yes. at the same time, those two. Um, and I had my little portable record player with me and um, the rest was history, man. I, I was a Prince fan ever since I went back and bought the For You um, album after that and discovered soft and wet because you know lyrics were a little mature for a for a young man my age at the time (laughs) but uh but uh yeah man um so that was you know the dream moment so i think everything i've ever written has just a little bit of prince in it um and then um so me and alfonso um he i i saw that he was throwing um the star party number one um, in Minneapolis um, in April uh, of that year. Now, I want to say this was probably, I want to say probably 2017, if I'm not mistaken. Alfonso, you can correct me in the text if you're on. <laughs> um, but I think it was 2017. Um, and, um, you know, we're, I was part of the uh, Purple Fan Group, Purple Funk SF, which you know, was, uh, as I understand, if I believe uh, he was one of the originators of, of that group, uh, along with Gigi, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I saw that he was throwing it and I hit him up um, and said, hey, man, you know, I'm going to be in Minneapolis. I'd love to come and sing something, you know, at, at your event. And I sent him a little video, a little snippet of me, you know, singing something from Prince, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. He said, yeah, you know, it's like, you know, if you, you just want to come out, I'd, I'd be fun to have you. So, you know, I went out there and just did a track show, did three or four songs of recreated Prince music that I recreated here in, in, in my studio, versions that I, you know, recreated myself, sung all the backgrounds and went with a kind of a, a backing track. Um, and I think that night we did God, we did Insatiable, we did Let's Work, and maybe one more. Um, and, um, you know, so it's a great bounce because Alfonso, he's so much fun, right? And mm-hmm. his parties have so much energy and he, the energy level is sky high at a star party or any kind of party that Alfonso is DJing. He's, you know, and I love that about him, you know, and I'm kind of like, um, so we balance each, each other out well because I kind of really capture the more intimate kind of sexy ballad side of what, Prince does, um, you know, and uh, so when he does many of his shows, or if I'm doing a show, I want Alfonso there because I need that hype. I want that fun, right. you know what yeah. I mean? And um, so yeah, he we we did Henderson together. We did the the, the uh, Henderson um, thing together a few yeah. times and brought my band out the unit. 
Um, we did the second star party. We were going to do the third one. You know, COVID killed that for the time being. We're hoping that's going to be on for uh, for 2022, which, uh, you know, um, hopefully it, it should be now. Um, but uh, yeah, man. So, you know, I, I've become great friends with him, man. I got so much respect for him and I just love the the energy and the, the, the party atmosphere that he brings to any purple party. So it's like, you know, now it's like, you know, wherever my, if I book a gig, I'm like, well, we need Alfonso too, right? So the first thing I'm gonna do is call, <laughs> call, call Mr. Star and, uh, and, and see if I can talk him in if he's not booked already, if he can, uh, if he can come and, and, and be a part of it. So shout out to Alfonso, man. Yeah. <laughs> <Deuces. he's, laughs> yeah I don't know how you keep up because we, I, I've had him on the show before and, and Alfonso and I are friends. We've, we've met many times. Um, but what's always amazing to me about Alfonso is even when you're watching his shows, he takes it, he takes it so seriously. He has like this, he tons of costume changes just during a period of a night. Yes. So like he'll be <laughs> DJing lots of Prince stuff and there'll be like lots of Prince music playing and then you'll see him disappear. And sure enough, he'll come out with a, with a cloud suit or he'll come out. <laughs> like it's all different Prince era stuff. And he's got the wigs, he's got the jewelry, he's got the suits, he's got the, you know, I mean, it's like he has an entire wardrobe of, of a Prince wardrobe and he's always switching things out. And that's, he always throws some of the best, best parties that like that. He's, it's just, you know, he's absolutely. Just, and, and like me, he bleeds purple and it's, it's, you know, he doesn't yeah. do it to make money. He's not trying to profit off of it. He just does it for the love of the purple music and getting all of the, the party people together. If you make money, that's that's great. That's a plus. You know, nobody wants to lose money. But all, all we ever try to do is break even when we get together so we can just get everybody together and enjoy it. And, and um, you know, and uh, I like to pay my band well. You know what I mean? So that uh, when I call them, they're going to be available. Right? <laughs> you know? and, and I will tell you something else. Somebody else that always uh, steals the show whenever you guys perform together is your daughter. I think, <laughs> baby. Okay, because let me. What's her name again? Mila Kale. Mila Kale. It's the Nobody Hawaiian thinks... translation for miracle. So Mila Mila Kale. Mila Kale. Okay. The first time I saw her, I want to say it was in Minneapolis. Maybe it was at the brew house. I think it was, I can't remember. It was one of the ones where everybody was set up along the perimeter, like all the, the vendors and stuff. Like I think Mary Johnson was there selling her things off to the side. There was like a bunch of different vendors, whatever, but your daughter, when she gets on stage, she has this bouncy, bouncy energy. And it's not just like, like if I did a show, Jaden might come on or she might like refuse to come on the stage, but your daughter just gets up there and she just goes at it. She's engaging with the audience. She's doing all this dancing and all this crazy. I mean, she, she is a show stealer for sure. I don't, you're going to have your hands full when she gets into the, like the whole performing and, and speak. I'll let you speak to her for a second too, but also, you know, I also heard that she was actually featured on Nike's website or Nike's mobile website or something like that. She was. Oh, yeah. Nike, Nike kids, Nike kids last week. She's, she's got a very successful career in commercials and as a model, she I can sing her little butt off, which we haven't really, you know, dove too much into as yet and and you know so she's also like trying to now grow into acting um theatrically you know so she's had some fantastic audition hasn't landed that one you know major thing yet but you know you know it's it, she's only 12 bless her heart you know so she's got such a future ahead of her but she's such a smart kid also you know when when we did our um um party out here on june the 12th at, at the federal in north hollywood my baby runs the door. She's 12 years old. She's running the door. She's scanning everybody's tickets. She's like, um, are you vaxxed? <laughs> Can I see your proof of vaccination, please? Or, or a negative COVID test or, you know, so she's checking everybody, man. In Henderson, she was running my table, selling my CDs, selling my selling my gear. You know, she she and she's running the the square. She's like, no, Dad, you got to do it. Like, she man, she's on it, man. That's that's my baby. So it's it's a family affair for sure. Shout out to Monica too, my wife Monica, man. She always is is there to support. You know, and I couldn't do it without either one of them. 
Yeah, and I, you know, I, I know we're 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 kind of we're running running on time, but so I want to make sure that we we kind of get this in. And uh, now, because let me see if I can share this, because I do want to share this little uh, thing here. See if I can pull it up. Uh, I'm going to share a little bit of a. So Martin Kimber and the unit are obviously going to be uh, playing. I guess this is on uh, November 20th. It's going to be at uh, November 20th, obviously this year, in Washington, D.C. at the Songbird Music House. You're going to be there. It's going to be it's called the Purple Musicology, and it's going to be a Prince tribute. And it features you, obviously, uh, Unit Band, along with Alfonso is going to be there. Well, Alfonso is going to be there DJing. There's Alfonso doing his thing. Alfonso's just as as you know he's he's always all over the place he's always you know he's always there but there's going to be tickets on sale on Eventbrite so they can go to your Facebook page uh, but yeah that's going to be super super cool tell us a little bit about this event and what people are going to be able to expect to see here uh, in this mix because this is really really cool that it's going yes. to be well, I'm, I'm bringing my band out, The Unit, which features uh, Stacey Lamont Sidnor on drums, who is Layla Hathaway's drummer. Wow. Uh, Jackson's. He was also on the Puffy Bad Boy reunion tour. Um, just a fantastic man. One, one of, A great friend of mine and one of the best drummers you'll ever hear. So he's kind of my MD for this. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so I'm bringing the band out and, um, and uh, we're going to just get it in that night. Alfonso's gonna play all the purple funk. Um, and also, we're also gonna be joined by a good friend of mine, um, Renee, who is one of the former Ray Charles Raylettes. And she's gonna join me on vocals wow. and sing some backgrounds. And we might do a, a, do a duet together. We haven't decided which song we're gonna sing yet, but she lives in DC. She's a great friend of my wife. So she's she's gonna join us. And, uh, and there's a couple other surprise guests that we're gonna be announcing um, probably by the end of this week too, that are gonna join us. So, you know, I think this thing's gonna sell out once we make these announcements. So get, get your tickets now. It's only 200 maximum at this, at this, at this venue. Um, and so I'm super looking forward to that. That's November 20th at the Songbird Music House in DC, 540 Penn Street and tickets are at Eventbrite. So if you're in the area, the DMV, they call it right, uh, DC, Maryland, Virginia, uh thank you alfonso you hit me to that uh and uh, anywhere around you know um come to dc that night and come hang out and party with us and uh we're gonna celebrate prince's music all night long um another thing i want to tell you guys about too is that i'm uh, so excited and um just blessed to be a part of uh, juan escovedo's um upcoming album um called the j um now the first video that we did, it 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 blew my mind because we wrote the song. Well, I didn't write the song. I'm I'm singing the lead on the song. The, the, they wrote the song. We shot the video, just kind of a perform performance video in the studio, which is coming out uh, first part of November. Sheila E on drums, right? Juan Escovedo on percussion. Um, we're recording this and filming this in Rafael Sadiq's studio and Elder Barge on backgrounds <laughs> me singing lead so it's just like another one of those dream come true moments so oh um that's, that's that, that song is called my angel and that's going to be released um the first part of uh november and uh i'll be at yoshi's in um uh oakland with um juan escovedo and his band um and word is sheila e may even be in the house that night so that's at Yoshi's. Those tickets uh, are available also. So look that up on Yoshi's website if you're in the Bay Area. November 8th, we're going to debut a lot of that music um, there in Oakland at Yoshi's. So I'm super excited about that, man. So much good stuff and good energy going on, all surrounded, all surrounding the purple world and the purple family. Man, well, congrats. I, I got to tell you, this is really awesome, man. I yeah. definitely appreciate you coming on the show and sharing some of these stories, man. I know that a lot of people probably learned a lot about you tonight because a lot of people have seen you in passing. You're you're pretty active in in the Prince world, and especially you know uh, doing a lot of these events with with Afonso. It's been pretty friggin' awesome. And uh, man, thank you so so much for coming on the show tonight, Martin. And uh, November twentieth purplemusicology.com is where you can find out more information on the tickets if you're interested in going to that show on November 20th. And man, it's been Washington, D.C. 
<laughs> yeah, man. It's been an honor, man. Thank you so, so Thank much you. for joining us. Thank you, man. Thank you so much for having me. I I, I so appreciate it. Yeah. And, um, you know, and hey, I look forward to uh, getting together with you guys in person and, uh, you know, celebrating some more purple music together when we do that. <laughs> and thank you guys, man, for doing this show, because I, I really enjoy it. I love the interview with Greg Boyer, you know, and my new name for my best friend is Liquid Chicken now. So, you know, <laughs> like, what's up, Liquid Chicken? How you doing, man? <laughs> Shout out to Sean Harris. Shout out to yeah, Jeff. Man. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna just give. Yeah, that's what we're gonna start calling you, Jeff. I'll start calling you Liquid Chicken. What's up, Liquid Chicken? <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> it's better than the rage, right? It's better than Jive Turkey. That's all. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, keep doing Martin. what you're doing, fellas. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Martin Camper. Thank you, man. Appreciate thank it. Thank you, Martin. Thank you very much. <laughs> 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 <laughs>